are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Have you suffered a loss of a loved one, a job, a home, or a business? Or perhaps you're rebuilding after a painful circumstance in your life. I think we'd all agree that losses like this can sap the pure joy out of life, trapping us in pain. If this feels like your story today, friends, hang on. Good news is on the way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. Our guests today have experienced tragic loss and understand the meaning of suffering but they have also found a way back to joy. They have documented their journey in a new book, From Pain to Purpose. Today, I'm delighted to have joining us authors Dwayne and Cindy Mollett as they share their tried and true journey from grief to recovery. Good morning, Dwayne and Cindy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you, Kim. What a blessing to be with you there. Yes, I was just going to say we really appreciate what what you do and just the hope that you're giving to so many hurting people. Thank you so much. You know, that's one thing we all need. We're all, the Bible says that we're all going to face trials and tribulations. We're all going to have hurt. We're all going to have, God doesn't promise that this life is going to be easy. He just promises to make a way, doesn't he? And so Mm -hmm. I love being able to share God's hope because I can remember a time when I needed it so desperately. And as I've read through your literature, your books, um, all about you, boy, there was a time when you you had a tough choice many times when you had choices to make to where you were going to really reach out for God's hope or you were going to be Mm -hmm. lost in her. Amen. Yes, there there are things that come into our life that you know, I, I say pain has a universal language. There's a there's a point. Well, there's there's several kinds of pain. There's moral pain and there's natural pain, and uh, we've experienced uh, you know a lot of natural pain. There's health situations, but then there's you know in our world there's also you know earthquakes and floods and those type of things. That's that's natural pain, and there's that point of of intensity. Uh, but then there's also moral pain, and moral pain has two different faces. Uh, there's wrong moral choices that I make that impact my life, but then there's also wrong moral choices that other people make that impact our life. But but I think of pain as there is a, a universal language. When you get to that mm-hmm. point of desperation, you're just it's just like the bottom has dropped out. Uh, you know, you've become one of the least of these. You you you're at the bottom. And uh, there's that, that point of, of desperation within our heart that comes from all kinds of, of pain and, and loneliness in our world, in our culture. Gosh, Dwayne, you said, you said the same thing. You said, you, you said a phrase three times, and I wrote it down because I feel like that I know so many people. I know I've, I've felt it. I know what it's like, and I have a feeling that a lot of my friends are there today. You kept saying a point of desperation, a point of desperation. Mm-hmm. I want that. I really want but before we do that, I want our, I want to I want our listeners to hear more just about who you are. Uh, listeners can hear the pause in there. I want you to remember, listeners, that we're not together. You all are calling in from North Carolina, correct? That's right. Yes. Yes. So yep. tell us we what's going in. on in North Carolina. What's going What's going on at your house in North Carolina this morning? <laughs> well, we are. Uh, well, Cindy, maybe you'd be better to to describe that. Uh, yeah, we we live in the western part of North Carolina, just below Asheville, uh-huh. uh, here in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, yeah, we have a typical morning. Our our ministry. Well, I'll mention this much, and then, and then there you can fill in the rest. But I, 
we have a we have a a ministry based in our home, so I have a home office. My one daughter works as administrative secretary, and then uh, but we also have two younger uh, daughters, and uh, they're into their day. So uh-huh. yes, yes, yeah. we homeschool our two younger children, and then uh, our daughter Alicia, who we'll we'll be talking more about. She had a heart transplant when she was three months old, uh, but this past the past two years have been very difficult years for her. We were traveling in a bus that we had renovated uh, into, you know, like a motorhome, our own private uh, home away from home, and we had mold that was found in the ductwork of our bus. And with her being immunocompromised, uh, she became very, very sick. And so we needed to stop our traveling, and we've just been on a journey of helping her to recover. She's had to have two sinus surgeries, uh, getting the mold out of, the impacted sinus areas. So she's still recovering from that. So that's part of our journey. And uh, we actually were this morning um, talking to somebody who's going through a very, very painful situation in their lives. So it's, it's amazing, you know, just what technology allows us to do to be able to continue ministering to people and continuing to reach out, even though we're, we're here at our home base. You know, isn't that the truth? I just and I and thank you so much for sharing so much of giving an insight into your home this morning. But Cindy, I mm-hmm. think it's amazing. People say, and I know it's true. There's so many horror stories of technology, and I'm I'm working with a a lady right now whose daughter's being just horribly uh, bullied, and so I know that side wow. of it. But yeah. talking about how God can take something and do something good with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my has grown extreme uh, through mm-hmm. COVID just because I'm able to use it, you know, for God's glory. So there again, it's not it's not what it is before us. It's how we use it, right? It's what we choose That's to right. do with it. So, That's right. Well, I just appreciate you all so much. I love, I absolutely love the way Dwayne calls you dear. I've heard that many, you know, I'm a word person. <laughs> I just, I, that's, I, that's so cool, Dwayne. Kudos for you. That's He's awesome. an amazing husband. <laughs> well, and yes. I where you started in your early twenties, I guess, is that when you were married and um, and soon started a family. You you say mm-hmm. that includes a son and a daughter. So let's start there. Let's start. Let's talk about how how the Mullet family began. <laughs> yes. Well, I had uh, uh, I had as I as in my teenage years, God God specifically spoke to me about investing in the least of these. And uh, I remember at my 14th year, as I was 14, um, asking God, what is his purpose? And, and through a series of events revealed that to me. At 19 then, and, and my father had been involved in uh, relating with those that are, uh, you know, financially and, and like that in, in difficult situations. And then in 19, I had, at 19, I had the opportunity to start with a ministry that was primarily ministering in prisons. And so... That seemed to be the focus for me, and uh, I was glad for that opportunity traveling across the U.S., and uh, I played the guitar and, and sang with the family. And uh, and then that's where Cindy and I met. Uh, we met, uh, I was from Florida, and she was from Pennsylvania, and it was on one of those uh, ministry tours that I would have met her family. And... Uh, and then uh, several years later, she came to our ministry office and served as a secretary there. And that's when we really got to know each other. And uh, mm-hmm. and then following that uh, year of uh, her involvement there is when we began began dating. And so, um, yeah, that's that's when we met. And then uh, we uh, took some time, six months off from the ministry after our after we got married. And then came back and started started traveling again, and then God blessed us. Uh, God blessed us with two children. Uh, or yeah, Austin was our firstborn, and then uh, he was born. And then uh, actually, our first three uh, children were born in the um, let me think from '93 to '98. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, they were born in, in Pennsylvania. We were living. We were living in Lancaster, you, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. 
No, no, no. I am so sorry. I don't, I do not mean it's to keep interrupting. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's hard when you're when you're on the phone and you can't can't. Yeah, not through Zoom or in person. It, it is, yes, and what I, you all are saying, it's so exciting to me because you know Asheville. I'm uh, you live close to me now, and but pretty close to me um, outside of uh, Atlanta area. So you're not that far. And then when you oh, said okay. Lancaster, I. Baltimore uh, for 20 years. We just moved back, so I was up there a lot. So okay. I'm, I'm beginning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, okay. And so you, you began your family early, but then it, it you went into tragedy. And so let's just get what 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 was the what was the personal uh, uh, tragedy that occurred that you started on this unthinkable journey of of this uh, parental grief that we're going to be talking about today. Well, I think about as we we were um, uh, had six months uh, leave from the ministry, and then we came back and started uh, traveling again. And then uh, our son Austin was born, uh, and and he was born at birth. Everything was fine; uh, showed no symptoms of any kind of a health situation. And then when he was five months old, is when we were doing our first uh, ministry tour. Uh, based out of Lancaster, and so we were traveling to uh, South Carolina for that first tour. And uh, the first night we were doing a benefit for a prison chapel in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, he was a bit, uh, yeah, just uh, couldn't settle down and a little bit uncomfortable or, yeah, restless during the day. And that night was, um, yeah, it was, was difficult. And so the next morning we took him to a quick care. And, uh, uh, went into the quick care. The doctor saw a little bit of ear. He thought it was uh, ear infection, a low-grade fever, and so gave him antibiotic. And uh, we were leaving the the quick care there, headed for the church that night, uh, where we we're going to be ministering. And and as we were just headed out of Columbia, I can I can see the spot where we were driving, where Cindy said uh, uh, she was holding him that he was going to be going to sleep in the back of the motorhome there and uh uh she the urgency in her voice uh when she said you know like i think i think his lips are starting to turn blue uh he's going limp uh i just did a u-turn and i headed back i was going to go to that doctor uh the only point of contact we had that we really knew any uh, where i could go and as we didn't get but a couple miles uh he just he just went he went limp and so I pulled off of the exit pulled into a gas station and I carried him inside you know we didn't have cell phones at that time so I carried him inside and I said call 911 and uh, he was I just I was holding him there on the counter of that quick stop and I was on the phone with the 911 people and they they were getting giving me a bit of coaching uh, but the ambulance got there soon and took him to the first hospital, uh, and then there they realized that they weren't a sufficient facility to assist us, and so they did a transfer to Richland Memorial Hospital, and and uh, Cindy got to ride with the ambulance. Um, and Cindy, can you tell just a bit about that that trip to Richland Memorial there? Yes. Well, it was very uh, eventful because Austin was. Uh, He kept, you know, things would, his blood pressure would drop and all the alarms, everything was going off. And, yeah, I still, it's still difficult for me to just, you know, go to some of those places. But uh, I just remember the ambulance that the technician, she kept saying, Mom, just, just talk to him, touch him, talk to him. So I was touching him and I was saying, Austin, Mommy's right here, you know, Austin. Just take another breath, take another breath. And it was a very, very scary situation. And they finally got him there to the hospital. And I just remember them just, you know, rushing him. We were just running through the halls there of the of the, um, the emergency room. And they were getting him back to the room. And I was right there because they didn't have time to even, you know, they were just trying to save his life. And so I watched some of this stuff happening. And they did an emergency cut down on him without using any numbing medication. They just immediately cut into his vein to try to get him, uh, to, you know, get on some life, to get an IV started. Yeah. And 
So that was, I mean, we so nearly lost him at that point, and it was truly, truly a miracle that he survived. And, you know, there was no brain damage. There was nothing like that that happened. And so it was, it was just a total miracle. One of the really neat things that happened at that hospital after they got the IV in and they got him a little bit more stable, um, they did a chest X-ray and they were trying to figure out what was going on because at this point we had no idea there was anything wrong with his heart. But they came back and they, the doctor said, um, well, actually before that, you know, we had never been. Austin was born at home. It was a home birth, and Dwayne and I had never spent time in a hospital. And so it was all a very new and very scary time for us. And we were away from home. They're in Columbia, South Carolina, away from family, around from, away from anybody that we knew. But wouldn't you know... God knew that, and he sent the radiologist who saw the, the x-ray, who, who, who read the report, that radiologist came up to us. He found us in the waiting room, and he said, I don't know if you're believers or not, but I just saw your son's x-ray, and I just want to have time. I just want to pray for you. And, you know, it just it meant so much to us because here we were. He put his arms around us, and he just prayed for God to carry us through this time. And it was so amazing how God just, you know, in our whole journey, God put so many people in our lives to walk our journey and to let us know that he knew exactly what was going on. But that was the beginning of our, of our journey with our children. Yes. Well, and, and Kim, uh, Kim, Kim ahead, I would just say that if you, if there's someone that's listening that you're, you know, that's the that's the intense moment. That's the mm-hmm. painful time. And if there's someone that's listening that you're walking through a difficult situation like that uh, and you have you have faith in God, uh, you know, just be faithful with the next step that's in front of you because there was, besides that radiologist, uh, the next day, you know, we got there and our little five-month-old was on, you know, a ventilator. He was medication dependent. He was uh, had several IVs hooked up, catheter. And so we had never seen our little baby in that situation. Uh, and mm-hmm. and then uh, the next day, there were parent waiting rooms or waiting rooms. There was parent there were phone, phone uh, pay phones in those waiting rooms, and people could would get those numbers. They would call in, and God let us know from death row in South Carolina that he cared about what was happening because the next day I got a call. The man introduced himself. He was one of the men from death row in the state of South Carolina. And he said, I just want to let you know that the men, the Christian men on death row were praying for you. And, you know, God can use, because uh, uh, we go visit there every year. And so they had found out through the chaplain. And a man on death row doesn't go just pick up a phone and make a phone call. I know he had to ask one through the associate warden, through the warden. He had to have a number of approvals for him to be able to. And I'm sure one of the wardens was right there with the phone as he was making that call. But uh, but God let us know that he cared about what was happening. So if there's someone listening, you're going through a difficult situation, uh, be faithful in that next step that's in front of you. Do what's right next, what you have to do, uh, but then be be looking to see how mm-hmm. God will provide a radiologist or a man from death row or someone to let you know that they care in the mm-hmm. middle of your pain and your desperation that you're in yes. right now. Yes, don't miss uh, well, Jesus in your storms. Oh, I love it. And, you know, I'm going to flip that to the other side, too, to our listeners. You also be on the lookout to where you can speak into people's lives because, um, you know, so many times we have a thought. Isn't it true that, Mm -hmm. gosh, I I see that hurting, I could go over, I could pray with them, and we think, oh, well, I don't want to bother them. But, boy, it's no bother, is it, when someone Mm -hmm. reaches out to you? That's right. That's um, that's right, Kim. That's that's so that's so powerful. In our culture today, there is such there's such a darkness in our culture that that we as believers, and I like to look for those opportunities in grocery stores, at the gas station. Just you know, whenever there's an opportunity, whenever you have contact, that's an opportunity, and just demonstrate the love of Jesus. Sometimes you can use that term, or or, but but other times just demonstrate Jesus through your connections, because people are in a lot of people hurting. A lot of people in lonely mm-hmm. situations in our culture today. 
Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to do your all story, if I can get through it. I you, um, I just have such tears um, because I, I, I know so many people that are in, you know, such pain that, that we're talking about mm-hmm. now. But we have such a great hope. and But you have to be able to see through. And that's a very hard thing when you're in so much pain, isn't it, is to really be able mm-hmm. to see the hope. So for those mm-hmm. who are there, and I, I you know, I have... I'm a counselor, so I'm, I'm always talking with people who are in such grief. You know, for those who are listening, and I know of some who are listening today who have just lost children, you know, have had their children shot accidentally, who have, you know, just so many, you know, even even um, even situations where the where the it's um, that the, they're just not talking to one another for a while. There's so much hurt. You know, what would you say? How did you, in the midst of this? find that hope was it was it your faith mm-hmm. it had to be the foundation of your faith but it also had to be you choosing to hold on to that faith because so many people get angry with God during these times and I, I understand that right. I get that but you know, mm-hmm. for those who are just yeah. right now who are raw in this um, yeah. what would you say to them you know one of the things that I think about which you're talking about you know choices and I remember soon after our son Austin passed away and our daughter Brianna was like 14 at the time and she was, she was very, she became very angry at God. And, you know, and I remember just struggling with the feeling of, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how, how can I help my daughter? I don't even know how to do this. I don't know how to walk this journey. And, but I just remember telling her the one day, I said, Brianna, you know, at a time like this, we really, it really comes down. We have two choices. And I said, we know what the path of bitterness and anger, we see that as we go into prisons, and we see where that path leads. And I said, you know, if if we follow that path, that path will lead us away from God. We'll never see Austin again. But I said, if we tell God, God, in the midst of this pain, it's so painful, but God, we keep coming back to him, and we keep saying, I choose to to believe that you are still good, even in the midst of this pain, we will see Austin again someday, you know, and just, just coming, just keeping that very simple to those choices, but then also yeah, hanging on to faith. But for, yeah. for myself, I can truly say like in Job, at, towards the end of Job, he says, I have seen or I have heard of you with the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. And for, for myself in my journey, like I felt when I, if I was serving God and I was, I was, we were doing all the right things, we were being obedient to him, that he was going to protect me from bad things. You know, he was going to watch over my family. And so my faith was really, like it was, it was really shook during that, during those times. And, but I had to, you know, throughout this, my journey, seeing God and realize, experiencing God. And I'll just maybe share one brief example of that. And so I would say to those of you who are, you know, who are going through a difficult time, pray very specific prayers and say, God, show me, show me that you know what I'm going through. Show me in some way that you were there for my child, that you are there. Um, and I remember for Austin, and it was the second, I had just got off the phone uh, with the oncologist and and he, they had called and they said that the pathology report came back that it was cancerous and it was a second cancer. And I knew uh, just how devastating it was going to be for Austin to hear those words. We had just completed one year very aggressive chemotherapy. And I was just really struggling. And I said, God, I know you've been there for me. I felt your presence. But I said, God, how much can a six-year-old experience your grace? God, show me in some way that you are there for him. And it was literally about a week later that Austin came to me and he said, Mommy, he said, do you remember the time that I had my cancer? And Austin was having, he had cancer throughout his body at that point, and Dwayne and I would take turns being in his room and rubbing his stomach as he was trying to go to sleep at night. But Austin told me, he said, Mommy, he said, one night I woke up during the night and he said, my, my stomach was really hurting. But he said, all of us, I looked around the room. I saw the hand on my stomach. And, Mommy, I looked around the room, and nobody was there. But I saw the hand on my stomach. And after that, all the pain went away. 
I had just prayed, and I said, God, show me that you are there for Austin as a child, as a, as a five, as a six-year-old. And God showed that to me. He said, I am there. I have been there for Austin. And he was there. And the day that Austin went down as a 16-year-old to, to get his second heart transplant, they came to take him, and Austin was joking. He was laughing with the nurses. And I just looked at him, and I said, Austin, aren't you scared at all? He, had, he, he was very smart. He knew all the statistics. He had done his research. And he just looked at me with a smile on his face, and he said, Mom, the, last, the worst thing that can happen to me is that I die during the surgery or soon afterwards. And if that happens, I know I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. Why should I be scared? That was the grace of God. I am convinced whatever God allows your child to go through, whatever he allows my child to go through, he will be there. He will be there with them. And so just cling to that faith and to, you know, there's dark times we go through where we don't, experience God. We don't feel God. We can't, we can't see him. And at that time, sometimes you have to, you, even though you don't feel it in your heart, you go by what his word says. God's word says he will be with you when you go through the fire and clinging to that during the times when you don't feel his presence. That's so powerful. And um, listeners, if there's anyone out there that you know, we're limited in time today. We have so much to go through. But if you do have, uh, if you are hurting and if you do need a word um, from Sandy or Joanne, please uh, please let us know. We will definitely uh, get you on the show so that you can talk to them. Um, I just feel like there's, or Cindy, I think I said Sandy, Cindy. Um, mm-hmm. It's such, such a powerful show. And, and thank you for all for everything you just said. You covered a span of time. Um, there, uh, Cindy, we didn't, um, the last we heard, um, Austin was about five months old, but it seems like he mm-hmm. lived a long, long time. We, we have to take a 30 second break. And when we get back, I want to, I want to hear, uh, if you could just give us a span, tell us what happened with Austin. Um, my mm-hmm. youngest son's name, he almost lost him at birth too. So all this is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it brings up what what you all are doing is you're taking people back to um, spots of uh, where they thought they were healed and where God is healing again, or He's He's doing a deeper healing in lots of hearts right now. And so, for listeners, mm-hmm. for you out there, I, I know that listeners are are are, are crying, and I, I know that there are tears that are flowing. Um, I I know because I know many of the people who are listening. And I just want you to know that this is something that God is sending your way. He is sending the mullets to you because He wants He wants to heal your hurt, and He wants yes. He wants to be in the pain that you're suffering. Amen. And, and He yes. is there. So it's going to take thirty Amen. seconds, and we'll be right back. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music and we talked. Honest conversations, like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted in my own life. And I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. In whatever you do, talk. They hear you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. We are a ministry of friendship where friends get together to get to know one another well enough to truly know how to encourage one another and to use God's word to equip one another. Today, we are so delighted to have with us Dwayne and Cindy Mullet and talking about how they have found joy at the, at the after walking through such uh, grief and tragedy. And they're, they're going to be back with us before we move on. I'd just like to remind you 
that we'd love to have you a part of our ministry. It's Roses and Rainbows Ministry, and this is Kim Crable. God gave me that ministry through a heartache, uh, somewhat like what uh, Cindy and Dwayne are talking about. We never know what God wants to do with the hurt that he places along our path, but just like Cindy and Dwayne's book, From Pain to Purpose, God does have a purpose, and at the end of the day, we're all going to be together. We don't know what God is going to um, allow us to walk through, but just like the incredible testimony that we've heard, he is, he promises to be faithful to walk with us. And so that, my friend, is a great hope that you have in your life today. Please, if you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can go to uh, www.rosesandrainbows.org or kimcrable.org. We'd love to talk to you. We are really excited about next year, 2022. We're going to be visiting 20 places in the year 22 to build up the body of Christ with a story in the the, um, the literature that God has given to us. So we're excited to be out there meeting the people. So um, watch for us, see where we are. Also, please tune in to our TV show, Coffee with Kim TV testimonial show. All right, friends. Well, let's get back to this incredible story we've heard. We've been hearing. Let me just say again, let, let me just stop for a minute and let me just acknowledge um, the strength that Cindy, you and Duane, um you know, obviously it's been it's been a number of years, but boy, the pain is always raw and uh, and deep, and and I know there's been healing, but the love is always there. What was it that I read? Um, uh, grief is simply love that has no place to go, and so you're taking <laughs> your love of all. Isn't that beautiful? I <laughs> love mm. that. Is. So you you have you've definitely found a place. Um, uh, a healing ministry with your with the losses and the pain that you've been through. But I just wanted to take a moment just to thank you, to acknowledge that this is not easy for you all to do, and uh, and I just thank you for doing that. Mm, yes, well, praise God. Yes, wherever we can give hope and wherever we can, uh, yeah, the faith, like you wrapped up that last segment, you know, people going back and facing the painful events in their life, that's not a, that's a courageous thing to do. And But that's the way that you walk through those, that's the way you, you gain healing because there's a festering infection in your soul if you are not willing to face that and it's going to come out in your life in some way. Absolutely. We think that we can hide it, but it's always there. It, you're right. It's manifested in some way. And a lot of the ways right now is just through the, the devastation of depression and, you know, and people trying to sedate yeah. themselves with pills, alcohol, or, you know, whatever it is, just because mm-hmm. they're just so hurt on the inside. And that's why we, as a nation, we, we must, or as believers, quit being a judgmental nation and, and rather mm-hmm. dig into people's parts and see what's really going on down there and lead them to Jesus so that he can mm-hmm. do the healing. Well, will you all take just a few minutes? That's so much information. And, and listeners, if you haven't uh, already heard me speak about this book, From Pain to Purpose, and that's a numeral too, From Pain to Purpose, uh, you, you'll find out later how to order this. You have to order this. There's just so much information in here uh, that we probably won't get to today, but we're going to get through as much of it as we can. But first, can you just uh, finish telling us about Austin? Five months, and then it seems like he went, it seems like the last I heard was 16 years, so it sounds like he had <laughs> had quite a life there. Yeah, yeah. God blessed us in, in amazing ways. We saw, saw God's hand so many times. Um, and I, I think about, uh, yeah, when you are, uh, you're facing a, a loss, uh, uh, just, and Cindy had talked just a bit about how to face those losses, but you, you, there's the grief process of, of, there's the anger, there's the why God questions, and then there's the critical crossroad where you come to in determining you know, what path you're going to go. How how will we see God uh, as you walk through that process? But for yes, for us, the Austin at five months had the heart uh, condition, and we learned he was going to need to have a heart transplant. And several, we were on tour again uh, out in Ohio this time when he got sick, hospitalized, and actually transferred to Pittsburgh Children's Hospital where he uh, was put on the transplant list for a heart. And, and uh, three days after he was listed, a heart became available. And 
you know, we couldn't pray that God would provide a heart because that meant the life of another person, another child. We could just say, God, if someone in their time of loss, if they choose to be generous and share with us, then God will be grateful. But, God, if the eight months you've given him to us, if that's his time, then God will thank you for those eight months. And uh, mm-hmm. and God provided in uh, three months, uh, three weeks, uh, three days, three days he <laughs> provided a heart. Uh, but then uh, our second daughter was born. She was fine, no health condition. And that affirmed the their theory that it was a virus that attacked his heart muscle. Uh, and so we thought that was it was just uh, just a virus and it shouldn't happen again. But then our third child, Alicia, she was born, and at birth she was fine. We had a echocardiogram and the heart was fine. But then three months later, we ended up in the emergency room and through an X-ray saw an enlarged heart. And so she also needed to have a heart transplant. And uh, we were living in North Carolina by that time, so we trans. Uh, transported her to Pittsburgh there, and she received the her heart transplant. Um, the next year, Austin was diagnosed with a an aggressive cancer, and he had seven months of uh, very intense chemotherapy. It's Burkitt's lymphoma was the cancer, and uh, at the end of seven months, he was cancer-free. Uh, and then one year later, he developed a second kind of cancer that was was not sensitive to chemo, uh, not sensitive to radiation, surgery was the only option, and uh, we removed that. It was a slow-growing but very deadly cancer, and he had the surgery to remove that. And uh, and then Alicia developed a lot of food allergies. Um, we've experienced, we have a debt of gratitude to God's people that have shared so generously in so many ways because with Alicia's chemical sensitivities or food allergies, uh, we needed to build a house that was suitable for her, and there are just story after story. Uh, we're in our house, and I, I don't see you know sheetrock and trusses. I see the faces of people that that shared so generously so that we could do this. Uh, but uh, she improved from that, and uh, and we continued to travel in ministry. But then Austin, as a teenager. Uh, early teens went into heart failure the second time and then uh, uh, living here in western North Carolina actually Children's Healthcare of Atlanta was the center we went to and he received his second heart transplant and then uh, eight months after his second transplant a uh, his heart donor heart was CMV positive he was CMV negative and so that caused uh, problems that we could not control the virus and so he uh, he died. Uh, he died. Uh, it was a bacterial infection that set in and took his life. Then eight months after his second transplant, and he was uh, 16 years old. How many years ago was that? Uh, he passed away in 2010. So that was. Uh, let's see. We just passed the 11th anniversary this past October. Wow. So. Cindy, how are yes. you holding up through all? I, I, I see. I mean, that's a that's 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 a lot. I mean, that. I mean, your children. That, that's, you know, uh, when they're good, you're good, and when they're not, you're not. It, it doesn't matter what's going on. In the world. I'm just wondering. What, I mean, when going through all this, what 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 is that? What's that doing to you? What are you feeling, Cindy? Yes. Well, you know that. You know, looking back, like I said, as far as the journey, um, when Austin passed away, obviously it was it was shocking to us. Like we were not expecting it, and because he had been doing so well, and and so it was a it was a big big blow to us, and you know to our faith. But I, I felt like God was preparing me all those years prior, and of just showing me who He was, and and helping me to realize. God is good regardless of the circumstances. And so clinging to that and by then knowing that, you know, God, I can trust you. Even when life doesn't make sense, I know I can trust you. Um, And so that was a, I mean, it was a very painful process. But like I said, just the faith that Austin had of knowing, you know what, the worst thing that can happen is that I can die after surgery and I'll be in heaven with Jesus, you know, and just 
clinging to that and realizing in many ways Austin showed me how to walk as a person of faith, how to claim that grace. You know, it wasn't that Austin was a extraordinary person, but he was simply walking in God's extraordinary grace. And so for me to be able to reach out and to claim that grace has been a choice that I've needed to make. And the same thing for, you know, for the rest of our children. Uh, but, but I'm so thankful that when I have made that choice and I've, ch- I've chosen to, to reach for, you know, that joy and, and especially with coming from a heart of gratefulness, you know, as Dwayne said, not focusing on what we don't have, what we are not able to, you know, to experience with Austin, but focusing on what we did have, those 16 years, those precious 16 years that we had with Austin. And, and not only that, you know, I know Dwayne so often says, our life here is, is like a womb of an experience. And, and, you know, when a child, when you're carrying this baby in your womb, you know, yes, they are alive and they are, uh, they have feelings, they have emotions, but they, they haven't really experienced life as we know it until they are born. And in the same way, our life here is just like a womb of an experience. We have not really truly experienced what God intends for us to experience until we get to eternity. And so having that, just that eternal perspective has been something that has, has carried, you know, us through this time. And we have... Um, after Alicia, you know, when she was like five, six years old, somewhere in there, um, I had started. I was struggling with some health issues, endometriosis and hemorrhaging, and I had three miscarriages in there. And, and so we, we talked a lot about eternity. We talked a lot about heaven, you know, with our children because of the frailty of life. And, um, and I remember the one morning Austin came down. And, you know, we talk about, um, you know, we don't know which one of us is going to be the first to, to go to heaven with Jesus. And, but just having that eternal perspective very much in front of us and being comfortable to talk about it. And I remember the one morning after one of my miscarriages, Austin came down and he said, now we know who's going to be the first in our family to be in heaven, you know, and just having, having that just so alive and real in our hearts, I think was, has been a very important part of our journey. And we've now since, uh, have two younger girls, uh, it, almost 11 years between Alicia and, uh, Shantae and Kyra, who are now 12 or 13 and 11 years old. Um, they don't have the heart conditions. We thank God that they are healthy and, but just, you know, reaching out and, and walking in faith and, and choosing to focus on God's goodness. And I love the quote that Randy Alcorn says, um, a faith that cannot be shaken is one that has been shaken. And, and I really believe that that is true, that has been true in our lives. And we've, you know, as we continue to walk this journey with Alicia, she's now 23 years since her, her heart transplant. And so we continue to walk this journey but but to realize and having that just that deep rooted belief and faith in God and saying you know God I have chosen the nation I have chosen eternity God I choose the path that you have for me to walk to that destination instead so many people we choose you know we have the tendency we want to choose the path that we want to go and then we accept wherever that destiny wherever that path leads we we accept that destiny but the important part is for us to choose the destiny, the, the destination where we want to be, and then say, God, you, we allow you to choose the path, and we are going to be faithful to walk that path. The powerful words, and I'm just like letting them seep into the hearts of our listeners today, um, because that's not an easy thing to do. It's it's a process, isn't it, of allowing yourself to accept. Uh, where you are in the circumstance and, and not choose the anger, but to, to choose to allow your heart to align with God's plan. And that, that can be a very hurtful thing. I love what you said about having the eternal perspective. And I, I think that that's the only way that we get through a lot of the things is to understand that um, there is there is 
there there is an end to to this pain and and one day you all I can remember um I remember a couple, a few years ago when my son was getting married, it seemed like everything was going wrong. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just crazy things, thing like, not tragic, but just, you know, things. Mm-hmm. And I can yeah. remember just fight, fight to get there, just get, get there, do whatever it takes, you know. And I can remember walking into the place where the wedding was going to occur, and I looked around, it was so beautiful, and it was just so, the trees were beautiful, it was a beautiful time of year, and I remember thinking, it was worth the battle to get here, and at that mm-hmm. moment, I think that that is just a just a a, a thought of what heaven's going to be like. You just keep fighting, yes. Kim. You keep don't let the hurt stop you, because when you mm-hmm. see me and the heaven open up, you're going to just stand there going, "It was worth it." You know, it was worth mm-hmm. it, and. I, with you all and your story and your your uh, strength and your courage to share the deepest of wounds that all of us fear ever having to face, to, to have the courage and the love of Jesus to and the love of your fellow man to, to keep mm-hmm. sharing this, a battle mm-hmm. that you're facing, you're going to encourage so many women and men and fathers and wives and brothers and sisters to not give up, to keep going, you know, pressing forward, carrying on. And I believe one day in heaven you're going to get there, and God is just going to show you all the people who were encouraged and who who didn't mm. give up because of Austin and and your other children and yourself that you just weren't willing to to let anything stop you from doing what God called you to do. And that's um, mm-hmm. that's a again. Mm. Thank you for that. Um, hey, let's yeah. Okay, so we're down to about ten minutes. Let let's take that. Let's take a few minutes and talk about from pain to purpose. Uh, why did you like the book, and what do you want people to be able to get from it? Because there's it, listeners, it is so filled with so many principles. So we can't go through all the principles, and that wasn't really what I wanted. Out today, I wanted people to know you, know your hearts, know your story, so that they would want to buy your book. Um, so, mm-hmm. what do you want the to be for the people who do purchase it. I understand from what you said that it's um, it's a guidebook. It's not a remedy book. So t- explain that to us. Yes, I would I would see the uh, the book. Well, we have a amazing opportunity. Dr. David Ferguson is a psychologist and author, and he uh, knows the just the emotional side of processing uh, painful events in our lives. And so the book is a book to do. It's not just a book to read. You can read it and you can get benefit from that. But uh, uh, but facing those painful events in our life is a that's a courageous thing to do, and it's it's the way, it's the path forward to healing. Uh, because we have the anger, we have the why God questions, and then we we need to seek out good answers for that because we come to that critical crossroad, and either we become self-focused and have a victim me mentality or we become others focused and we see uh who god is we see god for who he really is um so the uh yeah the book is a uh, well, well what i think about is you know god for me to say god is good um it takes on a whole different context with at salvation god was good when i uh, I found life calling, and I identified that. I began with the ministry. In my spirit, I said, God is good. When I uh, asked Cindy if she would marry me, and she said, yes, I said, God is good. Uh, when I held that little baby, uh, Austin, in my hands, I said, God is good. Those were all good, positive experiences. But, you know, when I heard heart failure, and then I heard heart failure for Alicia, and then I heard cancer, and I heard cancer, I heard heart failure again, and then then the death of our son, uh, Kim, for me today to say God is good, it takes on a whole different context. Uh, God's goodness isn't about what makes me happy and comfortable. God is good regardless of events that enter our life. God wants to uh, redeem because Joseph, like Joseph said with his brothers, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And uh, Randy Alcorn also mm-hmm. talks about the, you know, the greatest good in human history came out of the greatest evil. That's where mankind uh, crucified the Son of God. And God used that to redeem all of mankind. And so 
in through the purpose in the book, we want to help people to be able to uh, look deep in their hearts. And if they can process with a friend, if they can pro- as a small group, we have different churches, Sunday school classes that are doing uh, that are that are doing the the book and the curriculum together. That is when when you as a church can process together, because we all have pain and losses and just in different ways. And so uh, it's not a book to yeah, it's not a book to just read and intellectually uh, you know understand or take apart. It's a it's a book to do and to process with a friend. And so whether it's on yeah like our YouTube channel or whether it's through the the book and processing through that, um, we we want people to be able to. Um, you know, evil will be in this world. Satan fell. Adam and Eve chose. And so there is evil in this world. But as believers, we can be strong. We can be overcomers when we uh, we face that pain and we deal with that, with those losses. We process that loss with other believers. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your channel. Tell, tell us about ways that we can reach you. Yes, Uh you can our our uh, uh, website is from p the numeral two the num- letter p from p to p dot com and uh, our all our contact info is there our YouTube channel is there uh, Cindy writes blogs and uh, she has uh, all the all the links to our blogs are there on our website that's probably the best way our email address is there um, and so yeah we'd be love to to be in touch. Uh, the YouTube channel, we do regular content on just uh, grief and, and processing forward and like that. So probably the, the website is probably the best way to be able to connect and has all our information there from P, the, the letter P, the numeral 2, and the letter P from P2P.com. Absolutely. Well, and I know because as our listeners, I, I think that, You'll probably be getting some calls. Not only will people be picking up your book, but I see here where um, you also conduct seminars on grief recovery, offering hope to healing to many. You know, this is these are good things to bring into our churches now. This mm-hmm. is what our this is what we need. Our nation needs healing, mm-hmm. and um, yes. and I I just think that you all, boy, do you do you have the sense of what God can do in your lives? So um, so mm-hmm. I want to we. We have a, a few minutes left, about seven minutes left. But, you know, there are a couple of points. I'm sitting here, and, you know, I wanted, listener, there's this one thing called Four Things a Hurting Heart Needs that Cindy wrote. You, mm-hmm. You've got to do these blogs because all of this is, this is not, I don't do fluff and stuff. I go for the hardcore healing kind of stuff, you know, because I don't, I want to go into the wounds and, and see mm-hmm. healing done and, um, that's what my my writings are about, and this is one of those books that I just see where the deep healing can take place, and boys, it needed. So, listeners, please mm-hmm. check out that web and, and and all this. But but I have to do this. This is something I have to do. I I have listened to you talk talk about your incredible children. I've heard you talk about the incredible testimony of Austin, his some of his last words. And I just have to tell you, and, and I think that this probably is another book that maybe you should write as an author. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm always thinking, I, I see things through written literature or manuals. But, you know, mm-hmm. you all had to create such, in the midst of all this tragedy that was going on and all the doctor visits and all the, phone calls and, and definitely probably the expense of all the medication, everything that was going on, you two had to stay, stay so true to your faith. What a testimony it is that your kids saw the love of Jesus in the way you all were conducting and living your lives. I mean, that is not anything that can just be made up. For Austin to, mm-hmm. to have his father saying that shows me, tells me, what was going on inside your home was a deep dependency on on your love for Jesus and your relationship for him. I also know mm-hmm. that as a, from a counselor's perspective that most most couples who go through such intensity like this do not come out of it the way that you all do. So could you, mm-hmm. I would love, I'm going to put mm-hmm. just a little bit, Dwayne and Cindy, could you all take just for a minute 
And I'll, I'll let, Dwayne, I'll let you go first. Dwayne, what did Cindy do that was so right that helped you through all of this? And then, Cindy, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you the same question. What did Dwayne do mm-hmm. to really, as, a, as, a, as your helpmate, as your partner, what did you all do for one another? Mm-hmm. Well, Kim, you are so correct. As we were sitting in intensive care units, as we were sitting in hospitals, we would see all kinds of there's just fragmented families because of because it's sad but when a child is going through something uh it 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 separates uh it's wrong choices but the couples were separated and then to see just what those dynamics of you know the mom visiting and then the dad visiting and conversations that happened in the waiting room it was really really sad it's really hard uh for Cindy um you know she is one that she wants to whether it's for myself or for our children uh she will take a a surface issue a something that's happening on the surface and she wants to know what's happening inside of your heart and so cindy uh in fact last night with one of our daughters she spent uh, several hours just trying to get into the uh, what's happening inside of their heart and so that's a, a passion, that's a gift God has given her to uh, to try to hear, to listen, and to get inside under the surface to know what what's what's going on inside of your heart. That is, and that is a key during during ugly times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I would say for Dwayne, um, you know, Dwayne is very very. Uh, I, I would say his faith was much stronger than what mine was, and. And but but allowing me you know to struggle, and he was always you know Mr. Steady and but it seemed like you know there were times that when he was down, then God gave me the grace and and vice versa. But just being allowing me to be able to be real, and I think so often for people you know we struggle and we're not okay with not being okay, and but just being being able to be real. And and to to realize to understand that you know during even the loss of the miscarriages and because that was hard it was difficult but he realized I was not suffering from a broken head but from a broken heart and so really caring you know for my heart even though he maybe didn't understand especially with the miscarriages you know it, it didn't impact him as much as it did me but just just caring for my heart uh, was definitely a a real a true, you know, blessing, and and we felt like, you know, it has drawn us closer together. Uh, these these trials have have drawn us closer together. Oh, and you can, and that's so obvious from the moment I started talking to you all, and he would refer to you, dear, dear. And it was just so, <laughs> yes. just so adorable. I just love. I love how you love Jesus. I love how you allow him to shine through you. I'm so sorry for the hurts and the pains that you've shared with us today, but I'm so thankful that we have a God that meets us in our pain and that can heal heal that pain. So we have have about a minute. Um, Dwayne, what would be your last word to uh, someone who's listening today with a raw and broken heart? I would encourage you to find someone, aloneness. Uh, Genesis 2.18 says, uh, God says it's not good that man should be alone. That can be taken in the context of marriage, but I believe there's a broader sense that aloneness will, we need to remove that aloneness. And so if you are struggling with something, you need to find someone that you can talk to, someone that will walk with you, not give you a, a pep talk, not give you all the right answers intellectually, but someone that will care for and walk with you. So seek out someone that will walk with you and uh, find that person because God has eternal purpose for your life. God wants to walk with you through these ugly situations that you're facing. Thank you all so much. I cannot thank you enough for being with us. I just appreciate you so much. Um, I'd love to do a follow-up after the first year. I think that uh, if you all have the time, I think that we could mm-hmm. um, even bring 
on, have some questions. I just see a lot of ways, and I know that you all are busy, And uh, but I thank you, and I appreciate you so much, listeners. If you would like to get in touch with them, I'll have everything posted on our Facebook and website page, but you can simply go to pain2pain2p.com uh, and, and find out all the information that you have there. I'll end on this note. Uh, one of their written in their materials, the process of grieving and moving forward can be complex. Most of us have not been taught to grieve in a way that moves us forward where we discover a new normal, says Cindy Mollett. This book is to prevent those grieving from getting stuck in unresolved grief and find healing and an assurance that God does care for them and that he can heal them. Thank you all so much for joining me. See you next. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, Tim. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit KimCrable.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit KimCrable.com.